The scripture for today comes from John 1, 14 through 18. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spoke. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. Father, open our ears to hear the message that you have prepared for us today. And let our hearts understand that you love us so much. And be with us here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Charlie. Good morning. Tomorrow night at uh, the Manor House in uh, Berryville here at Rosemont, Justin uh, Sturs from Shenandoah County will come. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I know you're busy, but you're not too busy to come and hear this guy. He has a testimony. He is a concert piano teacher in a couple colleges. Right now he's not at the college. Uh, he plays gigs. He's a little bit like our pianist. Only, how old are you? Four, 43? 45. He's 52, so he's been doing a little. But he, he has been set free from bondage that you need to hear what, what happened to him. I mean, I could stand here and talk and talk, but it is nothing compared to what he's going to tell you because he was in the middle of the bondage and he is now set free. 630 Carriage House, where at? Rosemont. Please. Jim said he'll be there, didn't you? That's what Jim told me. Yeah. So you guys need to come. How can, I, how can I tell you how serious it is for you to be there? It is serious. Isn't that right? I'm serious, aren't I? Well, And men, next Monday, or next uh, Thursday, Saturday, Saturday, 9 o'clock. Let's go have breakfast together. Uh, They are cooking, and I heard them, they were telling me who's doing the potatoes. They're going to have potatoes and eggs and bacon and sausage. Yes. So please come, men, all right? Today's communion. How do you all know it was communion? The table, right? Are you guys awake? Kathy sent an email. Kathy sent an email. So I'm going to talk about uh, grace today. 
in relationship to communion. And let's go to First John or John chapter one, verse fourteen. And let's look at this passage of scripture. I'm going to ask you to do something spiritual today. Uh, so don't be. You say, "Oh, I can't. Oh, I, oh, I can't do that." Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. What would you do? How would you get ready if uh, Jesus Christ was coming to your house and break bread with you? What would you do? Would you sleep, sweep the floors? Clean, right? Bring out your best china, right? You would make sure you looked nice. Jeannie would struggle to get me to look nice. We would search our heart, wouldn't we? When was the last time you allowed God to search your heart? When was the last time you asked God to search your heart? David did in Psalm 51. He said, search me. Know me. And if you find any way in me that was offensive, lead me into the way of everlasting. That's called repentance. So you would, hopefully you know how to repent and you would repent before he got there. Because you know that Jesus knows everything. Well today, as he is every Sunday, Christ is here. And today he wants, he wants to have communion with you. He wants to break bread. He wants you to remember that he loved you so much that he died for you on a cross. He bought you from the world, the flesh, and the devil. Okay? He bought you. And he wants to celebrate that purchase today. So as Christians, as born-again Christians, no matter how confident you are where you're at or how ashamed you are where you're at, Today is the day it doesn't matter. You, we're going to deal with it. Okay? I've been hurt, searching my... I said, God, search, search me today. Know me. In verse 14 it says, The Word became flesh. That means God became human. God became human. And he dwelt among us. That's why we call him Emmanuel. He lived with us. He ate with us. He slept with us. He dealt with lies. He dealt with temptations. He dealt with temptations from the enemy, Satan himself. He did all of that. And he dwelt among us. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have, in that very same verse, we have seen His glory. What does that mean? God has revealed Himself to you and me. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. God has revealed Himself to you and I. Do you remember when that happened? 
Maybe not. Maybe. He is the glory of the one and only Son. That means, that means there's only one Son. There are people out there who say that there are many Christ that's alive from hell. There is only one Son, one Messiah, one Jesus Christ, one Lord, one God, and that is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is who he's talking about here. Who came from the Father. His origin, what does that mean? God sent him. The Father sent him. The Father sent him. And he was full of grace and truth. We won't talk about truth today. I will allude to it a couple other times. But we're going to talk about grace. It's not God's riches at Christ's expense. That's a really neat little saying, and you can remember it and tell your kids, but grace is not God's riches at Christ's expense. What is grace? Let's look. Let's sell it. John testified concerning him of chapter or verse 15, and he cried out saying, This is the one I spoke about. When I said, he who comes after me, he has surpassed me because he was before me. John the Baptist was born before Jesus. How many people knew that? John the Baptist was born before Jesus. But John the Baptist said he came before him. That Jesus came. What does he mean? He was pre-existent. He lived forever and ever and ever before John Thousands and thousands of millenniums God has lived. That's there is no beginning or end to him. No beginning or end. God, there is no beginning or end to God. He is eternal in his nature. Jesus is the same. So John understood the eternal existence of Jesus Christ. And because he was eternal... And pre-existent, verse 16, out of his fullness. Who? God's fullness. We have received, listen to what this, this is a confusing statement. We all receive grace in place of grace already given. Now what's he saying? Think about that. That means there are two grace. When when the war happened in Genesis and, and man fell and he went and hid in the bushes, God had a choice. God had a choice to destroy Adam and Eve, the pinnacle of his creation, and all the earth and all the heavens and create a new heaven and a new earth, a new garden of Eden and place a new Adam and Eve in the garden. That's what his first choice was. Destruction. That's punishment. Take us, just take everything and make it oblivious. People say, well, God, what is all this stuff and why do people... Let me tell you what, if God was really God with us, we'd be gone and we wouldn't even have a chance to cry. Okay? 
That act of not destroying us is the first grace spoken of by John here in this verse. It's the first grace. That grace, its nature, that grace's nature was to create an atmosphere through the law, through Moses, and it's going to be mentioned in here. Through the law, this grace was, was, was established to show us that we are sinners. Remember, Adam forgot what righteousness was. He had no concept of what it was. He forgot the godliness and the holiness of God. He forgot it all because of sin and death that entered into him. And when people deal with sin, the reason they cannot get victory is because they do not look for the grace of Christ in their life. And that grace today has to do with creating an atmosphere in your life so that you can live in the holiness of God and be healed and look into the nature of God and find the power and authority of God in your life. That's what grace is. It's like a hospital, sick of sinners, full of, full of, full of uh, sin in, inside of a sinner. Hey, let me ask a question, just a question. Did everybody follow the speed limit when you came today? Did you all, are you absolutely sure you weren't even one mile an hour over? I was. I, I broke the law. Anybody else break the law today? <laughs> you didn't break the law. You are a gracious woman. <laughs> Did you notice when it changed from 55 or 60 down to 25? Or 35? And you say, oh, i got to slow down. i got to keep the law. You can't keep the law. That's the first grace, to show us that we need Jesus. The second grace is Jesus. He came to die for us and give us the opportunity through his mercy and grace to transform us into his image. When was the last time you ask God if he if you are keeping his commandments his teachings his I'm talking about the new teachings that he talks about in the New Testament because we've already proven we can't keep the old ones we just can't do it have you ever stopped and asked him am I keeping what you taught do I live in a repentant attitude towards my wife, children? Am I more concerned about what you think about me than the people around me? Are you the Lord of my tongue? Am I con conscious of what I say and why I say it? And if need be, I will repent. Because my tongue has offended God, let alone the people around me. Is Jesus the Lord of your mind? That's a battlefield. There's so much information that thro fl throws flows through our mind today that we must constantly be giving our mind to Christ. 
Are we doing that? Or do we just think that the mind is functioning the way that it's supposed to and it really doesn't matter because nobody else knows what's going on in my mind except me? Prejudice? Lust? Adultery? Looking at things you shouldn't? Letting your mind process that information? Is Jesus a Lord of your mind? Here's probably one of the worst ones, other than the tongue and the mind, is the emotions. Is Jesus the Lord of your emotions? Or do you think what philosophies have been saying all this time that your emotions is the most powerful entity within yourself as a human being and that it can give you strength and power and thought and reason? I learned a long time ago. I struggle with it. I'm still battling with it. I learned a long time ago that my mind, Jesus needs to be Lord of it. If not, it runs its own pattern. How about your emotions? Is Jesus the Lord of your emotions? You know, the greatest problem medically among man today, according to the medical journals, is fear, phobias, fears and phobias. Who controls your emotions? Jesus Christ does. And if he's not the Lord of your emotions, fears and phobias will just take over your life. Men will be scared to death that their, that their wives will leave them. Men will. That's one of the biggest fears of men. Or that, that their wife is going to reject them, that they'll never please them. They're afraid that the women are going to spend all their money and you're not going to have any left. Is Jesus the Lord of your money? Or are you? I need, as a born-again Christian, live in the grace of Christ. It is the hospital where Jesus Christ takes my weaknesses, where I struggle the most, where I'm afraid the most, and he allows me to live in his grace, the healing truth of God. Now, I'm going to talk about truth just a second here. Truth is what makes grace work. Truth is so important that God says we need to worship, worship in truth. What does that mean? That means when I am worshiping God, I am bringing myself before the Heavenly Father in Jesus' name, and I'm saying, search me, know me. Is there anything about me that's offensive to you? And lead me into the way of everlasting. So truth 
is the road to repentance and transformation. And that only happens in the atmosphere of grace. Why? When we admit our weaknesses, we become vulnerable to harassment and attack. Man, if you don't write that down, you need to remember that. Because when I say to God, Lord God, I realize I've lied to my mother, I've lied to my wife, I've lied to my husband, so that I could get my own selfish way, at that point, I am open to attack. Because the enemy does not want me to repent of lying. Do you understand that? And when I am in God's grace, I am impervious of attack because Jesus Christ is there to protect me and allow me to be healed in my weakness of sin. I'm going to stop there because we need to have communion. And I want a time of repentance. I I never told Caleb this because I never tell you anything, do I, Caleb? Caleb goes, yeah, that's right. I want want us to have a a moment of spiritual reflection. Uh, Greg, won't you come up here and uncover these elements, please? You guys didn't know I knew that's what they were called, did you? Elements. You want to help him? Come on. It's up to you. When you and I humble ourselves before God and approach him in our weakness that is caused by sin he comes near to us and when he comes near to us he brings with him truth which heals us you need to do that today you need to confess your sin you need to confess your sin It's an interesting thing that Jesus said. He says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. And when Mike Dean goes to God and I say, Lord God, I've sinned in this area of my life. You showed me that. And I struggle with it, but I've not really given it to you. He comes to me in his power and authority through the word of God, and he begins to heal me. He forgives me, cleanses me, and and heals me there. Churches do not require people to repent to take communion. Did you know that? As long as you're a member in good standing, you can take communion. 
Jesus doesn't say that. He says, you must confess your sin before the Lord. And if you do this, he says, in front of men, I will take you to the presence of God and let God heal you and forgive you. And intimacy then becomes powerful in your life. The enemy has, the beauty of this is, in this exchange between you and God, before the Lord, the enemy has no authority in your life at that moment. He has none. You are in the sacred presence of the living God, receiving the holy truth of God to sanctify you and transform you into the image that God wants you to be. And the enemy has no authority or permission to be there. Did you know that's why people, when I ask things like this, they don't come forward? Because they're being interrupted by the enemy to keep them from coming and receiving the grace and mercy of God? Did you know that's why people, oh, I don't need to go up. I could do, I'm a born-again Christian. I could do this on my own. No, you can't. Between you and God. When that happens, the foundations of your life, if not the building we're in, changes. Do you have pre-recorded music? Okay, good. Would you start it? Let's let's bow our head. Father God, in Jesus' name, please allow your Holy Spirit to come and stand up inside of us. And softly say to us, we need to repent of this, that, and the other. Or just this. And allow these people to come forward here and in their own prayer to God to ask God to forgive them and change your life. Father, please allow that to happen right now.